Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Secretary, thank you for being on the Madison Show. I so appreciate, always appreciate you coming on. When we first wanted to, uh, when we first talked about booking on the show, it was because there was a uh, a news release we we got about a program you were initiating at HUD to deal with affordable housing. Uh, first of all, let's talk about that uh, that plan, if you don't mind. Absolutely. How are you, my friend? Thank you so much I, for I'm having me. I'm doing great. Thank you. We're doing a number of things to okay. address housing, especially in our communities, Joe. Uh, we have, it, it, I'm sure you know that just in the last year, uh, FHA-supported mortgages, there were more than 114,000 black ho- households that got a, a mortgage uh, backed by us. What we have found, Joe, is that the discrimination that has been so rampant in government and, and across this country was holding people of color back from getting housing. And there were three main reasons for it. One was we held student debt significantly as a, as a motivator to not give people credit. And who has student debt? Black, brown, and poor people. Yeah. Uh, we got caught up in this whole appraisal process by which, you know, the bias and appraisals of homes right. is, nothing, is, is tantamount to redlining. If I live in a black community and I have the exact same house as somebody across the street in a white community, their house is valued at $25,000 more than mine is. So, And it really was just a, a process of redlining certain communities and mainly black communities. And then the third was down payment. Most people who live in an apartment can't afford a mortgage because those mortgages are generally less. And so what we did was we have requested more than $100 million just for down payment assistance for first-time home buyers, people of color. Uh, that is going to change the dynamic significantly, and we're already doing it now. We have created a 40-year <laughs> product, Joe. This is, this is fascinating. Uh-huh. Um, so we're giving you down payment assistance money. And we're giving you up to 40 years to pay it back. So we basically are saying when you get into that house, you already have equity in your home. And then we're giving you a longer time to pay so your interest rate is lower and your mortgage monthly mortgage payment is lower. So we wow. can get those people into that product. And, so th- and this is particularly good for <clears throat> young, <clears throat> young families. Yes. Uh, yeah, just starting out, the, you know, for the, like you said, Starter homes, uh, more than anything else, I can I, I get a sense. And the other thing, though, too, is that we are rehabilitating these communities that have been left out. So, you know, we're from Ohio. So there are blocks in the city of Cleveland and other cities that have abandoned homes that are just sitting there. Before our new process, we would not even give you a small dollar loan, a loan for under $100,000. You know how many homes there are in our communities for under $100,000. Oh, yeah. But we couldn't get banks to lend. So now what we're saying is you are going to lend. You're going to give people the resources to build back up those homes so that we can start to rehabilitate communities. Yeah. I yeah, because, you know, uh, yeah, because I'm thinking you're in Cleveland. I'm in down, and if we go down Highway 75 <laughs> to Dayton, <laughs> you, you're at, I'm thinking about the west side where I grew up, and I go back. Uh, and it's, you know, it, and it usually starts, does it not, Secretary Flood? It usually starts with, one or two homes that can turn an entire block around. And then, Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 
You should be um, see it here. That's how. How do you think Georgetown and Adams Morgan started? Now you're talking about yes, Fourteenth uh, uh, Street and U Street. That's how all of that was done. Somebody went and got one of these small dollar loans, or either some of some of these people don't need loans. They just go in, buy right. some of these properties that they can get for thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. Start to rehabilitate them, and it just takes off and changes an entire community. Now, let me ask you, Secretary Fudge, about – let me go back to the uh, student debt. I, there might be people listening saying, well, wait a minute, black folk, uh, yeah, okay, student debt, but white, white, young white kids and, and, and young recently graduating, they have student debt too. Why was this a unique problem for African Americans? Because we hold – almost twice as much student debt as white people hold. The average black person holds better than $50,000, and that's just average, $50,000 in student debt. The average white student carries about $25,000 in student debt. So they were not held to the same standard. Ah, okay. Yeah, especially when you're applying for a loan. Correct. Yeah, got you, got you. loan debt much higher even than credit card debt. Yeah. Now, so the other one, appraisal. We remember, you remember this this story uh, of this woman, I think it was in Annapolis, and uh, she had got an appraisal, and it was, like you said, a lot lower than the per- person next door across the street, and then she went out and got a, uh, a white uh, a friend of hers to come in and the damn appraisal doubled. Um, I, you know, I remember, we remember that story. Now, how do you, how, how do you then prevent, in, in your package, how do you prevent this from happening? Is there a penalty? Uh, will people have to issue a complaint? Uh, if, in fact, it happens, what would be the process uh, to, uh, to, to uh, reverse it or complain? Well, there are two things that we're doing right now. We are literally going in and looking at the appraisal industry is 95% white males, 95%. So there is almost an inherent bias because there is no diversity of thought or anything in these appraisals. So the first thing we're doing right now is we have the president has asked me to co-chair a task force that is going to come back in the next few months to talk about what we have found and be able to prove that there is bias in the appraisal process. So we're going to change that process. But secondly, and more importantly, I mean, fair housing is the law, and we're going to enforce it. We are determined that we are going to make sure that the laws are followed, so we are doing our own investigations into some of these these situations as well as our fair housing office is saying to all of these various banks, and we've met with a lot of them, their housing is the law of the land, and we are going to enforce it. Mm-hmm. Got you. I got you. And if you don't enforce it, then there's going, going to be... To okay, <laughs> yeah, there's going to... We'll, we'll be suing... Well, that's simple as that. She didn't even stutter on that one. Um, <laughs> we're, going, we're going to sue you. Got you. Now, the, now final question and that is, you are a longtime member of Congress uh, before this appointment. Um, how does this, this problem with the, uh, possibly the government shutting down 
impact what your your proposal and your your plans? Well, if the government shuts down, which I'm certainly hopeful that it will not, um, then we'd have to stop everything. I mean, nothing would move. Technically, we would be shut down for as long as the government shut down. All our people would be furloughed. They would not be paid. They couldn't even answer a phone call, Joe. We would literally be shut down. And as 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 I think about all the, the things that you're dealing with, the student debt, the appraisal, and all that, so you'd be literally shutting down. It, would 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 that be an opportunity for some of these folk who may be evil in their thoughts? These are my words to take advantage of a government shutdown. I'm certain that they would, but let me just say this to you. Okay. If these poop, if these people fool around and shut down the government and not pass these bills, they are going to see really the wrath of the American people. When you think about what we are doing, how historic these bills are. When you talk about making sure that children are not poisoned by lead, that every kid has a has an ability to to uh, learn virtually. Think about it, Joe. When the pandemic hit, what did they tell us to do? Stay home. What happened if you didn't have a home? Right now, we have 580,000 people sleeping on the street on any given night in America. We have kids who, who could not learn because they did not have either broadband or high-speed Internet or a device. So they lost a whole year of education. You know, we've got kids who can't go to a decent daycare. Now, if they want to, if they want to feel the wrath of the American people, then they're on the right path. But if they want to do what is right for this country, they had better pass some of these bills. If individuals, uh, and particularly people who are looking to own their their home, uh, is there a website they can go to uh, to find out about this uh, and this plan that you have put together? I think you call. Is it called? Uh, I wonder if it's the same thing. House well, America. House America is a program for homelessness. For home now, let, I, all right. That's what I also want to talk about. How does that work? And one who, uh, it, I, you know, we were in where we were in Los Angeles, Sherry's hometown. Uh, when was that? Back in the spring, and we went through her old neighborhood, and oh my. God, the homeless problem. We didn't have to go to L.A. to see it. We just happened. It's everywhere. Ten, I mean, even in Washington, D.C., there's yeah. not an overpass or you know, a, or bridge that there's not a tent and people living. So how does, uh, how does House America work? There are three things that we are, we are trying to make sure that we can get done. One is we are asking governors, mayors, tribal leaders, etc., to make a commitment to us to say that we're going to at least get 100,000 people off the street and housed by the end of next year. So let's just use L.A. L.A. has the largest population of homeless probably in the country, about 40,000 people in that one city, sleep on the street every night. Forty percent of them, Joe, are people of color. So that's 40,000 people in one city. And you can go, California probably has one of the largest problems, but D.C. is, is, is getting there, uh, New York and others. So we're saying to those, to those mayors, okay, you need to make a commitment to us that you're going to either build a certain number of housing for, um, for the homeless or you're going to find housing for those people who are homeless and on the street. So right now our goal is 100,000, and we've got 
a lot of mayors who have committed to it. We have obviously huge homeless problems as well in, in, in Native American communities. And so we are working methodically to have everybody make a commitment as to what those numbers are going to be. And they're doing it because it is a problem everywhere. Homelessness is a major crisis in this country. And now, is there funding uh, for these mayors? I mean, they can do an account and and bring the data to you. Is no, there funding? I'm yes, sorry. In, in, in the rescue plan, yes, we gave five billion dollars to either purchase and or build housing for homelessness. We also um, put in place seventy thousand emergency housing vouchers so that they can move people immediately. Ah. with a voucher. So the the resources are there. Hmm. They absolutely are there. Oh, okay, and so that that's it then. I mean, it's so simple. What, website? They can, where they do they go? Contact yeah. HUD, or they can contact FHA. We both have websites. Just go on the website. Okay. Um, and, and they can get all the information they need, or they could call a HUD office. You know, we have regional offices. Yeah. They can just call their HUD office. So, I mean, it, the information is, is readily accessible. Now, if a, if a, if a, if a homeless person, I don't know, it's not a question if they're listening or not, but let's say they are relative or there's a, a community organization, a church. Um, can a homeless person go to a HUD office yes. and, and find out about these programs and begin to apply to do whatever they have to? They can go to a HUD office. They can go to someplace like Catholic Charities. They can go to, we have these social service agencies called Continuums of Care on the Ground that work with homeless people all the time. So they probably already know of one of the agencies that works with the homeless because they go to these encampments. And we fund, partially fund these agencies. Mm-hmm. So they have the access generally, but they can they can go there. They can call us. They can just call the office if they want to. Okay. I know some of them all don't right. have phones, but... That's the easiest thing to do, and we will make sure we get them to the right people. All right. Secretary Fudge, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on, and we'll get this information up on our social media. I, I, I hope these mayors and city council members and local government officials are listening and, and, uh, uh, and, and whoever else. Um, it, it, you're right. We, it, this, it, it, th- there should not be the kind of homelessness we're seeing here in the United States, not this Absolutely. country. It's a stain, Joe. It really and is. It, I'm going to tell your folks in Detroit, hi, when I get there. I'm speaking to the NAACP Freedom Front Dinner on Sunday night. Oh, hey, I whoa. you used to be the executive director there. Let me tell you, wait till you see. that. <laughs> now, this is on the side. Wait till you see. Four deuses. Really? I, oh, let, then let me tell you. Four. <laughs> I used to run that dinner. <laughs> Four <laughs> Daises. I, I think there are 400 people on the dais. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. You've spoken at a lot of Freedom Fund dinners. I have too. And I always laugh whenever I speak at another Freedom Fund dinner. I love them. And I say, but I'm going to tell you all something. Detroit, and let me tell you, Detroit does it up big. Uh, they, uh, now, this is COVID. I don't know if they'll have four now. But they would have a gold dais. They'd have a green dais. <laughs> but that's it, it. And let me tell you, it's quite an honor to be invited. Uh, you you've fallen in the lines of 
of, of Barbara Jordan. Um, oh, yeah. Um, who else? Right, uh, Nicole Rowland. <laughs> I mean, you, I, I, got, I will tell you this funny story. <laughs> and that is Barbara Jordan was the speaker <laughs> the year I ran it. And Charles Diggs, <laughs> Mr. Africa, yeah. introduced Barbara Jordan at this Freedom Fund dinner. <laughs> and his, his introduction was actually longer than her speech. <laughs> Barbara Jordan, after the introduction, true story, I'm going to put this in my memoir, she stood up and she said, Charles, I love you. Thank you so much. But I got to tell you, I'm so glad you weren't around to free the slaves. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so make sure whoever introduces you, make sure the introduction is not as long as this. I'm laughing. Hilarious. That was true story. That's what she said. That's what she. That's what she said. No, Charlie, I love you. I love you, but I'm glad you went around to free the slaves, man. (laughs) But anyway, congratulations, and I. And you know what? Detroit has some excellent programs going too. A lot of potential investment in Detroit, as you just pointed out, with their housing. Mm-hmm. They, they've, got, they've got property galore uh, that, can be, uh, that can utilize this program that you just outlined. It's uh, perfect. I, yeah, thank you. Enjoy. Great. I know they're going to they're gonna enjoy you. And thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Uh, we'll talk again. Lisa was listening to the Secretary of HUD, Marsha Fudge, uh, talk about uh, the the new program, this new program, and they mentioned appraisers. She's a first-time caller from California, who, by the way, happens to be a home appraiser. Thank you for thank you for calling, Lisa. Go right ahead. Hi. Uh, good morning, Joe Madison. I was hearing uh, Senator uh, Representative Fudge talk about appraising. I just want to give some information about as an appraiser, because, yes, there's not a lot of African-American appraisers out there. Yes, 95 percent of them are white males out there. It's a good old boys network to get into doing this. I have been doing this for 15 years. What I want your audience to know as an appraisal, there are things we can do. There are ways we can check. It's not all subjective just because someone comes up with a number. You can use there. You can use resources out there. It's numbers based. It's not just based because you look like this, so we're going to call your house. It's going to be this value. A lot of times, some of it. I won't say majority of it is racist. I'll say it's incompetence. There are incompetent appraisers out there who don't know what they're doing. They may happen to be white. So we can call it racism, but we see incompetent ones out there. So don't assume just because they're white males that they know what they're doing all the time. One of the things your audience can do when they're looking at the value of their house, this is just some nuggets. You can use a source like Zillow. Zillow is not always correct, but you can go there, look for similar sized homes. So if your house is 2,000 square feet, similar size to yours, within about 20%, similar condition. Look at that. All, just because it's across the street doesn't mean it's comparable. And oh, then you yeah. can look at the range of prices. So that gives you an idea of what your house will be worth. So when that appraisal comes okay. in, you can have an idea. And you can always challenge an appraisal. 
So that's it. I know I don't have a lot of time, but no, and and and, and all, all this is 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 again, and and I think you're fair. You know, you don't want to assume because someone is white that they, and that's what you what you're saying. Uh, and I think Marsha Fudge would agree as Secretary of HUD. Uh, what she's saying is, if you run into it, if if you yeah. and if you think that's a problem, and you said the same thing, what she's saying. HUD is going to deal with it. And and by the way, she did point out she's been asked by President Biden, prove to me it's happening. If if you and, and that means I gotta get the data. And that's like fair housing. You gotta mm-hmm. you, can, you gotta make you know, you gotta offer proof. Now if you can if you offer proof and you, and we know it's happening, then we're coming up with a program to stop it. So that part yeah. you won't have to worry about. And yeah. so you both are really are saying the same thing, except what you just did was very helpful. You showed us that you can challenge it. You don't have to accept it. And there's ways to uh, to to uh, challenge it. Um, now, you know what I was, you know what I was going to challenge it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. But let me let me you know, what I was going to suggest to to Secretary Fudge uh, and I, but I'll ask you about it. I go back to the the uh, the infrastructure, particularly the the build America, you know, build back better. And they mm-hmm. were t- in it is money for community colleges. I mm-hmm. would I would love to see. Now I may be wrong. I would love to see community colleges train more appraisers. Here's the problem, Joe Madison. That sounds great in the appraisal industry. The problem is there's not a vehicle to bring in new appraisers. And then the second problem is... Whoa, 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 stop. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, stop. What do you mean there's not a vehicle to... I just offered a vehicle. I mean, you have... How did you get trained? How did you get trained to be an appraiser? I got trained to be an appraiser. My background is I have... My degrees are in finance, but I got into the business. You had to know somebody. So you have to know somebody to oh, get into that's the business. A, I want to see. I'm going to tell you that's bullshit right there. I mean, Correct. if that's the Correct. case, we. I'm sorry. I mean, you're licensed, aren't you? Oh, I'm licensed. I'm completely. But here's the other problem. What you can get them trained, but the second problem, which is an important problem, is when you come on as a trainee, you have to get two thousand hours, up to two thousand hours. But okay. the banks don't like to take. Listen, this is the important problem. The banks don't like to take appraisal reports from trainees. So it's I know, hard I, I, me I, I, to bring in a trainee if they're not going to accept a report. No, I, I understand that. I recognize. I'm not talking about trainees. I'm talking about, <clears throat> first of all, somebody had, you had to be, I didn't say, I don't, maybe I didn't use the word correctly, trained, but you had to go through a process to get licensed. Correct. We and all so, do that. We, we go through the process. Ma'am, the you know, ma'am, ma'am, will you slow down? Why doesn't it continue? So I know all of that. All I'm suggesting is why not use community colleges to help with the create more appraisers? Well, the trainee is available out there. It's online. You can get the trainee oh, for the okay. classes. All right. They are he, he, you available. know, I... Un- okay. okay. 
You can listen to yours truly, Madison the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.